0: Good morning, good morning. We are dancing in with Soul Makasa, Mano DiBango. This is Charlotte Farrell, your own Sister C, right here in the Place to Be, CJSF Radio 90.1, with your Friday Speak Up show. Have we got a treat in store for you. This is Charlotte Farrell, your own Sister C, here at the Place to Be, CJSF Radio 90.1 in Burnaby. But as you know, with COVID, I'm preparing shows from home. So this is a recording of my conversation, Alan Woodland, who is the best. He is the best director.
1: Good afternoon, Charlotte. It's nice to be connected with you this way. Yeah, I'm Alan Woodland, a general manager of BEST, Better Environmentally Sound Transportation. And we have a focus in seniors' transportation. It's an area of interest for
0: us. Yes. Well, in a bit, I'm going to play that favorite song that we have about uh, the bus, you know, riding on the bus and all the types of buses. But what types of transportation are you dealing with? Well, we're helping
1: seniors plan for age-related changes in transportation. And and for the most part, people um, are, are accustomed to driving almost everywhere they go and thinking about a time when one may no longer be able to drive, uh, how, how would you get around? Uh, family and friends could drive you. Other volunteers might drive you. You've got public transit systems in some parts of the province. There are ride sharing systems, uh, community shuttles, this kind of thing. Uh, but there are some challenges in, in getting people to continue to be connected to community life when they don't have a driver's license. And And as the population of the province uh, continues to age. There's uh, 800,000 people over age 65 in BC now, and in 10 years from now, that's expected increase to 1.3 million. Are all of those folks going to be driving?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> well, as one of those people that's in that demographic now, I've driven for years. I've driven the freeways in Toronto. I was hurt actually driving the freeway in Toronto, which disrupted my life for several years when I was in my thirties. So that issue of how do you get around when you can't drive a car goes beyond seniors. Also people, athletes who get injured, people who go and ski and get injured and can no longer drive their car or have to find any one of those different alternate forms of transportation.
1: Yeah, very true. Not not everyone has a driver's license. It's not just the elderly that have physical and cognitive problems that prevent them from holding a driver's license, and, and really, um, you know, to participate in, uh, in the economy, to, to get to and from work, to do shopping, to participate in social occasions. Uh, the way our, our society is set up, driving is pretty important, and alternatives to driving are not well developed, so I think it is a matter of accessibility. And inclusion for for all people to be able to participate in community life and be able to get around even if they can't drive.
0: And, and notice in your name sustainability how are you connecting this need to have alternate forms to the sustainability issue?
1: Well uh, we like to say that we're interested in walking, cycling, public transit and alternatives to the private car and sustainability Uh, Can can mean environmental sustainability, reducing reliance on fossil fuels, dealing with questions of air pollution and traffic congestion and all of those kinds of uh, environmental sustainability issues. But there's also, you know, systems sustainability, like uh, if we have 1.3 million people who are over 65, how sustainable is it for us to expect them to own and insure and operate? a motor vehicle in order to have their daily needs met. It's, it's, it's not socially sustainable, um, not to mention environmentally sustainable.
0: So it seems like it it requires some intergenerational thinking to come up with a system that is sustainable.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, um, I'm, I'm 50 and I have some ideas about how seniors transportation might work, but I'm, I'm very careful not to meet with seniors and be too prescriptive about uh, my ideas when it comes to giving up one's driver's license, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because some people are are quite um, uh, resistant to the idea. You know, it challenges uh, uh, their their notion of independence and being able to move around when they want and where they want. and And some young person with a bright idea that they stop driving might might not be particularly welcome. So it's, it's kind of a challenge to try and get seniors to generate ideas about uh, better ways of moving around in the city without driving. And uh, to this end, we've been working with uh, the doctors in British Columbia to have these conversations with their patients earlier. Like, you know, age 55, age 65, saying to the patient, you know, how much longer do you plan to drive for to, to start, the, start the conversation and plan for the transition away from driving?
0: I think that's a good idea (laughs) to have the conversations earlier, you know, doctors to be a source of the conversation. But one of the things we're hearing in this podcast program we've been doing with seniors um, and at this 411 Senior Center where they've been Town hall meetings around transportation and around other issues is that doctors now seem to have this pressure about the fifteen minutes and so it 's hard enough to have a fifteen minute discussion about one body part or one problem to not you know be able to go on into discussion about lifestyle changes such as you know not being able to drive a car what would you yeah. so are there any other kinds of ways of bringing medical people into a discussion or a forum around that issue?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, there are uh, like nurse practitioners and, and uh, community support workers who are also engaging with the seniors uh, and providing them with support as, as they age. Um, but, and, and then there's family, right? It, it is a difficult conversation. Like a, a, a doctor can say, uh, you've got limited range of motion, you can't look over your shoulder. Uh, or you've got, you've got vision impairment. Um, and this results in, in the difficult conversation about giving up the license and the doctor is required to send the report to Victoria and the driving license authority says the doctor said, you can't see, so you can't drive. And that, that's how it works. But, um, when it's a family member who's concerned about a, a senior's uh, fitness to drive, um, That, that they don't have the, (laughs) all they can do is be persuasive to say, mom, dad, maybe it's time to give up the keys. Um, And and I think when when a physician tells you, you can't see well enough to hold a driver's license that uh, older adults are, are more willing to accept the, the decision of the doctor. But when your son or daughter tells you that they're concerned about your forgetfulness, that that might not be as easy to
0: accept. Yeah. Do you, um, in what ways is BEST now working with doctors or working with any universities that are studying, you know, needs of aged people with regard to transportation?
1: Well, we've had some engagement with um, ICBC and Road Safety BC, which are the, the licensing authorities, and the doctors of British Columbia which provide the driver medical exam reports to, to the government to control the, the licensing. So that, that's one, one area of focus. But I think we're more interested in, in, the, so, in the social side of things, like the Costco, the uh, uh, Council of Senior Serving Organizations, they've done some great work um, to try and take ageism out of, the, out of the process so that seniors, as they age and they need to renew their driver's license, have, have a fair chance to prepare for, and, and if they're capable of uh, retaining the driver's license, that they have the opportunity to do so. So the, the testing and the, the going out on the road with an examiner when you're 80, um, has the, the process has changed a little bit. This isn't really all our work, but um, I think communicating with uh, seniors about how the process works Um, what you need to do in order to be able to keep driving and and doing the right things so that you can keep driving if you're physically able. There's training and there's coaching and, you know, the good habits. And you you can continue to drive for quite some time if you've got the right um, approach to it. I hope that's helpful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. I mean, I've had that experience with my my father was a veteran of three, four wars. and then retired into ongoing military life. And so he was stationed in Fort Dix, which is in um, New Jersey area. And I, I went, when I would go to visit, I noticed he was driving over in the right lane, and we seem to be going about forty-five miles an hour, and it says sixty-five. And so, when I, you know, brought it up or mentioned it, it was a very sensitive topic. So I talked to a neighbor, and he said, "Oh, no." You know, I offered to drive. That's what I said. You know, I said, "Maybe are you tired? Uh, maybe I could drive. We might get hit." I mean, I just tried tried different ways to get it that we are really going slow in the slow lane, and we might get hit. But. You know, everything that I said kind of bounced off of him. But then I talked with the the neighbors and they said, uh, yeah, you're going to have to take your dad's car keys. Well, I did take the keys back with me, but of course he had a hidden set. I mean, he's been a supply sergeant, a drill sergeant. So he had several different places that he had keys. So it ended up that... He said he had a little accident out at Fort Dix. And his neighbor friend said he ran into a statue and it broke the bumper at the front. Fortunately, not a person, but it broke the bumper. So my son and I drove the car uh, back across the country so that then he did have to take other forms of transportation. But it was a really big source of unhappiness. And I think this provisioning, are you doing things like with, handy dart or some of the other sources are you having conversations with any of the existing alternatives
1: yeah uh handy dart i'm glad you mentioned that so handy dart is part of the the transit system it's for people with disabilities and it's a it's an on on on-demand service where you can schedule it in advance and 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 the vehicle will come pick you up at your door uh, and take you to the address of your choosing now it's uh it's door-to-door uh, door or, or perhaps curb-to-curb curb would be better to describe it. The, the, the older adult needs to be able to get uh, out of the house and down to the street in order to be picked up. The, the handy dart folks will, will not go into the house and help a senior to um, get to the curb in order to get in the vehicle. So there's, there's limits to what service can be provided there. Um, and for those that are able to ride the conventional transit system, they have the bus and the SkyTrain and the C bus, and all of these services are, are wheelchair accessible. So if, you, if you're able to, to roll, uh, you can get on elevators and ramps that are uh, barrier free to allow people to, to move across the region. And, and what the public transit authorities have been doing is encouraging folks to do uh, uh, trips that, that combine the, the conventional system and the handy dart system. So you could be picked up at your home uh, and go to a train platform and travel across the region and then get into a second handy dart to complete your trip as opposed to getting in a, in a handy dart and spending uh, half the day uh, traveling across the region, picking up and dropping off other folks. Uh, so that is that is an alternative. And I, I think that uh, when people – have experience using the public transit system uh when when they're uh younger like when i say younger i'm talking like 65 75. they have uh it's easier for them to learn the process the you know what how do you book how do you pay how do you get on uh what are the numbers of the buses the schedules the timetable all of that kind of thing Um, it's more difficult for someone who is 85 who has driven their whole life to start getting acquainted with public transit at that stage of of the game. If you have 15 or 20 years of experience using the public transit system, uh, some of the time, then when you're dependent on using it more of the time or all of the time, you're you're better suited to make that
0: transition. You are listening to Charlotte Farrell, your own Sister C, here at CJSF Radio, broadcasting from the unceded sacred land of the Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh people. Today we're talking about sustainability and transportation, some of the transportation alternatives that are being considered for seniors and people like seniors or older people who don't have the full ability to drive a car or the desire not to drive a car. We are going to have a fun Little song, a bus song that will just help you be mindful of the ways from childhood up that you could use an alternative to a personal car. When you hear that song again, not only will you think of it as a child song, but think of it as a song representing the transitions people are making to different forms of transportation other than a personal automobile. How do people learn how to access the handy dart? Because even among people that are at, you know, some of the senior centers that I go to for this podcast program, many people say they don't understand how to get it Are the process is hard. So can you tell us how do you get onto using handy dart?
1: Yeah, that's, I'm glad you said that. We, we have done a, a program called Transit Training where we go to a senior serving agency like a neighborhood house and bring together 20 or 30 seniors and have tea and cookies okay. and spend a couple of hours talking about th- these things that we've been talking about today. And there's a great presentation that the TransLink people give about the conventional system and the handy dart people are there talking about their offer. And the ICBC people are there talking about driver licenses. Um, And it's a good educational opportunity to to find out like all the details, like uh, the compass card. It's you, you load uh, money on the compass card and then when you get up on the train, you, present the compass card at the machine and the gates open and then you get on the train. You know, all of this is explained in advance to give people more familiarity with the system. And we've also done this program called uh, bus buddies where uh, we have volunteers that go out with seniors and accompany them on journeys to help them uh, build their confidence in traveling on public transit. Um, Now with COVID, uh, that's presented some problems. We're not having in-person meetings for the transit training and, and uh, we're, we're not going out with volunteers who, uh, to teach seniors how to use the public transit system. In, in fact, it's not, uh, it's not something we're really recommending at all that, that seniors use public transit at this time. But you know, we're hoping that this is um, a temporary uh, situation and that in, in the future we'll be, it'll be safe to start doing that again.
0: Well, I am a practitioner <laughs> of COVID-19 procedures. You know, I wash my hands, I um, wear masks, mask, I even put on, you know, wide sunglasses. I don't wear goggles, but when I go out. But I it, we know from the program that we are doing, and many seniors are doing, uh, senior centers are doing with calling people, people are very lonely inside. and being inside with nothing but your stored up food, people have put on weight and so there is a need I think for the same type of, of um, seminars that people were having at senior centers you know to link on to podcast programs radio programs and explain how it works to people because the younger person that they're staying with are if people are just isolated they live in a building that's got all other people that are in their age range but uh, there are some places in East Van where the people are not supposed to visit each other. So there isn't a way except through the, uh, media, you know, broadcast media to let people know how these different things work. What, what is a, a bus? How does one get a bus, buddy? Oh, well, I,
1: I, if we were running the program, um, you, you'd be in touch with a, a place like, uh, Burnaby neighborhood house or Frog Hollow neighborhood house or Kiwassa neighborhood house. And, and uh, you know, they, they have these kinds of programs and they have uh, uh, so fair, fair media from TransLink. Like we've got these, uh, these cards that, you know, they're, lo- they're loaded with $15 worth of fares and we give them out to the seniors and, and volunteers who go out and do trips. So we might say, you know, on a Friday afternoon, we're going to travel from East Vancouver out to Horseshoe Bay Maybe take the ferry out to uh, out to Bowen Island and back because on Thursdays um, you seniors can travel for free on the ferry. And this kind of expedition could be fun, and it doesn't cost anything, and it gives people familiarity with the system. Uh, that's the kind of program we were we were doing um, back in twenty nineteen. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, in, even in those times, what we were saying was that these kinds of programs are important to get. Older adults out of the house and participating in community life and, and combating the problems that we have with social isolation and loneliness in, in the senior community and this year, uh, you know with the, with the virus and, and the, the, the public safety concerns, we're not running the programs, mm-hmm. and the uh, social isolation and loneliness problem has become much uh, more, more difficult to, to, to address. Um, and it's a trade-off at this time, I think. So, you know, Safety first. We're trying to prevent people from getting respiratory diseases that are going to cause them to be sick and possibly die at the risk of um, having them being lonely and, uh, and depressed from, from lack of social contact.
0: Right. So are there ways that people can find, does a person need a doctor's prescription in order to qualify for a handy dart? Uh,
1: a nurse practitioner can also provide the documentation. There is a there is an application. So um, this and this is something that's in the transit training course that we do with with the seniors. Is we talk about h- how to get an application, how to complete an application, and what the requirements are. Um, so a, a physician or a nurse practitioner can can help you fill out the form, and uh, and and then once you're approved, uh, then you can. Uh, book the handy dart or use what they call taxi savers to summon taxis and get uh, get get travel with taxis using public transit dollars.
0: So I know from other conversations that there are doctor's offices that are welcoming people. You know, some are doing their visits by video, but some are seeing people um, in a very low Low occupancy office, but scheduling people to come in. So does a person have to not have fallen or anything? They just aren't able to get around. They might have arthritis or they might, they just feel uh, challenged. Do they call a nurse practitioner and say they want to have an exam? Excuse me. How do they, how does a person initiate having this visit? Uh, to get qualified, or to get the letter that
1: they need. I I I, uh, I wish I had my friend Linda McGowan here, who's uh, who's an expert on all matters handy dart. She's been using the service for many years, and now she works uh, as the public relations outreach for the for the uh, for the company that runs the service. So she has all the answers about how to do it and what qualifies. And and maybe I can give you an introduction to her after we speak. Um, I think I'd I'd want to run this past Linda to make sure that, you know, if you you have a relationship with a healthcare provider who says, oh, oh, this person absolutely has a disability that qualifies. Um, She uses a walker or she's uh, using some kind of mobility scooter because of a condition that prevents uh, him or her from walking great distances. I'm sure you could fill in the form without an in-person consultation. Uh, now, if it's an individual that doesn't have a relationship with someone in the healthcare system who can make such a representation for them, then they might need to see someone and be examined in order to make sure that uh, they can get the the handy dart uh, application completed. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll get you connected with uh, with my friend Linda McGowan, who's the expert on this stuff
0: because right, you know we' talked about intergenerational things, and with this with the station c j s f is on a college campus, but within our listening region, we have people who are in the middle, people who have uh, older parents that they're taking care of and children. Uh, we have some many families it is a teenager or a millennial who gets the information, so it's good for people to understand. You know what do they need to do if they're going to be the person that takes the person to the doctor or makes arrangement for them to get there until they do have handy dart or have a, you know a buddy or someone to go um, around sustainability. When you're saying younger people, is it benef? Do you think that it will have a, a positive impact on the environment if people, when they are 40, 50, get more used to using public transit?
1: Well, I think it, at at any age, uh, like y- young people today who are who are born. Uh, in, in the last 20 years, the the number of folks who are getting driver's licenses that are living in urban areas is, is decreasing dramatically. Uh, they walk, they ride their bike, they use these electric bikes, they take public transit. They're not very interested in driving. When presented with the costs of car ownership, they say, thanks, but no thanks. It doesn't sound like something <laughs> I'm interested in. Whereas, you know, years ago, getting your first car and getting your driver's license, it was a rite of passage to adults. Yes. And uh, very important for one's identity to say, you know, I'm a, I'm a Ford guy. I, that's my, uh, now these young people, they're not so interested in the cars. Uh, and that's good. Um, I, I think for sustainability, been, we just can't live in a, in a city where everybody has a car, nobody'd be able to move around. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, at, at any stage of life, you, you say, well, what, what, what do I need a car for? if you 've got a, a young family and you 've got two children that are in those uh, car seats, you know that maybe you need a car because you can 't move your children around uh, great distances by by uh, putting them on the bus that that might be a problem for you, but um, as they get older, that was my journey i I had a car when my children were very young, but then when they got were old enough to ride a bike, I got rid of the car and I, I only used the car when I needed it, so I would rent it from a car rental company or I would use one of the car sharing companies here in Vancouver. Uh, And then when I didn't need a car, I I would use walking, biking or public transit to get around.
0: Yes, we have a sustainability song from Hawaii and the guy is singing and blessing (laughs) those people who look for those other alternatives because it's good for the earth. In fact, with COVID, several cities have shown uh, the difference in how their skyline looks with fewer cars on the road. In this morning's conversation with Ellen Woodland, director of the Better Environmentally Sound Transportation Program, best director, we have the best director here. We have been able to see sustainability is interconnected with other values that we are looking for and making the earth a better place for living in harmony through pandemic and in the days and times beyond. Let's listen to this Hawaiian sustainability song by Paul Isaac.
2: Mana Ai, mahalo for the Pai In a time when a culture could die, if you take away the water, a precious viva. Mana Ai, mahalo for the Pai eye In a time when the people could cry, cause they are abusing the Aina. I only my lama. Let's not feed our hunger with greed. It's time we plant the seed and remember to Hawai'i kanaka maoli. Don't let it die. Don't say that we didn't try to break on through the light. I look into the inside, a Kua guide. And like a pillow in the sea, a school we must be planting Carlo to feed our family,
0: singing our songs to help each other. along. Oh, thanks to Paul Isaac for Kiki Oka Kina. I am not Hawaiian. I may not say it perfectly, but I. I'm sure you got perfect enjoyment from hearing that song about sustainability and why it's a good value for us to have from childhood to the teens, through college years, to adulthood, into the older years. We can make the earth a more sustainable place by just shifting a few ways that we use our transportation and shift a few attitudes toward the need to have a personal individual car that's on the street or park somewhere, sustainability, yes. Thank you, Paul Azek, for that wonderful song. You
1: know, in my experience, I have found that uh, appealing to people uh, to change their transportation habits mm-hmm. in order to save the planet, um, it doesn't work all that well, uh, that people are more interested in offers that, uh, that, they, that make their life better. So you say, you know, for example, when you drive, you're stuck in traffic and you have to park and it's expensive. But when you rent a car, uh, you don't have to worry about parking. Uh, When you're done with it, you just bring it back to the person you rented from. They're responsible for all the repairs and maintenance and you don't have to wash it. You don't have to insure it. And it's it's easier. So people say, oh, I'm interested in that because it's easier and better. You always get to drive a brand new car you know that that's a benefit that people are interested in too but to say oh you know we're gonna uh, save the earth because you're uh, not not gonna own a car people say well can, can you can you have anything else you can share that might help <laughs> right.
0: well now uh, you know I'm a baby boomer and, and having a car was a big status thing uh, for baby boomers not only having a car but having a big car but as I have gone through different, uh, you know, situations with raising my children, but particularly the times that I was hurt, and I thought, I "Can't drive my car. I'm paying whatever the insurance plus the car note for this car to sit down in my garage." You know, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So the last time, and, and I, not really a snowbird, but I, the injury that I have in a car. Uh, It was minus 28 degrees in uh, Toronto. A person, I was slowing down to go into an intersection. Person behind me was not slowing down and knocked my car off over to the side. It hit those, you know, metal struts that are on the side of the freeway. And uh, I couldn't drive for a long time. And I had to either pay someone to get me about. And then, you know, I just noticed that that's one of the gaps that we need, even short term. Now it exists that you can have a short term use of a car. Somebody in the family could rent one of those cars that you just have for an hour and take you somewhere. Uh, But it it was a gap. Uh, And so now, you know, that's all done with I'm healed well, pretty much hearty. But when I moved to Vancouver, I didn't get a car again. I turned the car in with the leasing and my friends you know, I'm talking to them, they say, have you got a car yet? Have you got a car yet? (laughs) I thought, do you know, I have $500 more per month, because when I had the car, I had, even with good insurance, I think about $200 that I was paying, because of the distance that I drove, and I had, um, you know, the notes, it's a good $500. So now I look at treating myself, the days that I treat myself to using Lyft or the days that I treat myself to a rental, I'm still under $500. So it really, you know, the dollars and cents, I, I think that you say the long range thing of well, I'm improving the earth, but I'm definitely improving my ability to do good in the earth or, you know, do other things with my 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 money than paying that big amount in a note but uh, do you think, other than doctors, that these are some things that might happen in uh, the kinds of conversations people are having after the pandemic? People are saying they are talking more to other family members or neighborhood groups have started to talk. Uh, Do you think that, see, that that might be a place, another way of having this conversation with people earlier?
1: Yeah, I like that idea. Charlotte, I, th- I think, you know, now we're all living a little bit more locally, making fewer long distance trips and more short distance trips and just getting back to basics, you know, going to the grocery store and buying the food and preparing it at home and perhaps less restaurant meals and less kind of going out. Um, and, and you think, well, maybe that could also be applied to like some kind of community based transportation where um, we can get people to places that they need to go using local community resources, rather than relying on uh, this model of independent car ownership where everybody's got their own ride. Um, right. Yeah, I, I, I do think that that's a, you know, this, this idea of like, we're, we're, we need to work together to get through this. We, we need to support one another to get through this. And maybe people that were quite happy um, to go their own way independently in the past would be would be more interested in looking at, at sharing rides or cooperating with their neighbors in order to have their needs met.
0: Right, and I think while there is a need, you know, to specifically talk about improving transportation for elderly people or older people, elderly people do not like to be called elderly. <laughs> I have a friend, she was in the hospital, she, she has had... Uh, a pacemaker. She has a pacemaker. And you know, from time to time, it acts up. And so she's in emergency. And she had to go to the restroom or something. And one of the nurses said something to her son about her elderly mother. and So he just happened to say, Mom, they wanted to know about my elderly. Who said that? Find that nurse. She carried on. So I said, you could have had a heart attack carrying on about the person calling you elderly. She told her doctor, put it in my chart, put it in your notes, tell any of your people if they ever address me as elderly. <laughs> Again, I'm going to have a collision, but you know, we, we did a kind of a survey uh, at the 411 center. We had meetings with people from four different community centers about being involved with the podcast program. And we asked people, what would they like to be called? And I think the province also found that they do not want to be called seniors, golden agers, uh I, so we said people of a certain age, <laughs> seasoned people, or our podcast is called Powered by Age because the stereotypes and the things that have been put upon some of the terms make people very turned off. They said, Well, I don't want to be that because people are picturing somebody that's debilita- debilitated. And uh, so, I, but I think that it does allow for a lot of conversation because the ways that programs like yours and that others at the province and city are thinking of things that they make good for people who are older and may not be able to, um, might not be as agile. or might not see as well. It's also going to make things much better for people who have these periodic accidents and have to be on crutches or people who, uh, have got children in strollers, or people that are using the various types of walkers, because um, it, they too need assistance with with their transportation, and also have some kind of feelings about not being able to be independent in their travel. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think language is important. We we like to say older adults. That's the, I, I will say seniors I, I, occasionally, but uh, older adults seems to be the, the, the language that's easiest to take. Charlotte, can I ask you to say a few words about the, the work you're doing at the 411 Senior Center? T- tell me more about that.
0: Yes, it's a podcast program. It's a senior-led podcast program. So we started out meeting at the 411 Center. There's a program, a, a business in there called Podstream that had little pods where people could go and they could make recordings. But just a couple of weeks after we had um, recruited, <laughs> that's the word I was looking for, recruited about 44 people, uh, there was a shutdown. And so then we thought, you know, we were just hearing about Zoom and virtual communications and... Uh, a few of us got on and we tried and some people got on so we have every week uh, for now 18 weeks had a program where people first were, we were just starting with what people had sharing their stories people that have taken a creative arts um, a writing class at any of the centers shared stories they wrote but then it moved around what are the issues that people are most concerned about so uh, walkability was one of them, the walkable city, because we've heard that the city of Vancouver is developing a walkability plan but and calling around trying to find out how do we get involved. Well, finally, I've asked that question so much, I got something in the mail, email the other day that says, we're looking for your ideas on the uh, Vancouver plan. So, but your agency was one of the ones we called because of the topics that people are interested in, walkability and walkability, not just meaning more spaces for bikes, but walkability with things like uh, paths. Uh, If if there's a path going into the park, it needs to be not just, the sign doesn't need to just be crumpled grass, but a sign (laughs) that says walkway to where it goes. Uh, So we have had different Issues for alternative health we've talked about food and nutrition. we had some people on from Costco every week there's a pretty much a different topic around what people are interested in and then uh also I am a show host for c g s f radio and Issues that we talk about, I've talked about some things that are just public affairs, but a lot of public affairs issues that are pertinent to seniors, as I've observed, these things, they're college students that need to know how to save money or need to know uh, what's an alternative to having a car. So it's really been uh, finding information and having conversations around things that are particularly urgently important for seniors, but also finding community and connections to people of other age groups. 411 is uh, on Dunsmuir downtown, is that right? No, that was their old building. It's sold. 411, they've kept the name because their building was 411, but it is at uh, Main and Terminal, literally oh. three, 333 Terminal.
1: Oh yeah, okay, I know where you are there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right around the corner for me. I'm at Main and Union. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned the city of Vancouver and their their focus on walkability. They've got this thing, they're calling it walk, bike, and roll, and they're encouraging people to to use active transportation to have their daily needs met. This is part of the climate emergency response the, the staff developed earlier this year. And, and after COVID, they had all these uh, remarkable road space reallocation projects, uh, like the uh, Stanley Park Seawall, which is a uh, 100% walking. They, they asked the people who were riding bikes to go on the road and they closed the road to traffic for some time and it was only walking on the seawall and only biking on the road and no cars allowed in the park at all. Now they've let the cars back in but they're still holding space for the bikes and they're not, they're not permitting the bikes to go on the seawall. And uh, other places like these little uh, pop-up plazas just up yes. the hill at, at Main and 14th they've blocked off some Uh, some roads and built these little seating areas with some umbrellas and some shade and places to sit and read. And uh, yeah, these uh, reallocation of public space for walking uh, and cycling and, and just for being in the public realm, benches, planters, um, comfortable spaces where people can be in community with one another without um, too much COVID risk.
0: You, you're you aware of the survey. Is that survey from your organization? No,
1: it's not. Those are uh, That's from the city of Vancouver. Because um, yeah. a
0: few of us took the survey. I mean, that's one of the other things that's happened with our podcast group. There's about 44 people, and they're not always on the line on the podcast, but they send emails. So someone sent me this survey. They said a few minutes. I mean, I, I could have had my breakfast and lunch <laughs> in the time that it took. But... They were really asking about, you know, had people noticed the pop-up plazas, Uh, what did you think about? And then not only if you said you didn't like it, they wanted to know why, (laughs) specifically what things you did or didn't like. But one of the things that some of the people that have taken the survey or want to take a survey have said is the benches, that we need a uniform way of having benches throughout the city, because if people do walk, you can start on your way somewhere. And if you start to have a spasm in your back or your leg, and there's no place to sit down, it can be very distressing. Um, So that's a recommendation that I know people have written, just written in if there was an an other comment. Uh, Last week when we were talking, a couple of weeks ago, when Alex from your office was on our podcast program and talking about, I think it's the streets uh, smart streets,
1: living streets,
0: yes, living streets. Mm-hmm. That was another thing that people said make streets living is being able to predictably know <laughs> that you'll be able to sit down. Because I ended up buying a walker, I had after. F- Four months or so of not taking the bus i was so excited when i had a meeting on main street at a place that was safe distancing for everyone to sit but i got up and i was really excited like a rabbit you know hopping along <laughs> hopping along main street and i was picking up things putting it into the little rolling cart that i had and i think i got too much but then i got on the bus and i wasn't used to getting on the bus i stepped down and in my head it was the amount of distance when the bus is kneeling but for some reason the driver didn't kneel the bus and I didn't know that, you know, this other people told me, you need to say, kneel the bus or lower the bus in an authoritative voice. So but I, I had so much pain from that kind of little t- tumble. I, I didn't fall all the way on the ground, but I slammed my foot really hard to break the fall. And I had pain so bad that three days later I went to emergency and lots of okay. things, learning that I did not have COVID, <laughs> but I did have muscle pool. So I I bought a walker because I thought there's no way I can just walk the four blocks up to um, King George or up the hill. I have to walk up a hill to get to Fraser. And I had these experiences with the walker because the people who sell the walkers (laughs) don't tell you you need, if you're using something like a bus, you need to tell them to put down the ramp because there's this about Foot and a half space, and so if you try to lift the walker down, the walker is heavier than you, or the gravity. If you could fall out on your head. Yes. So, I also learned to say in an authoritative voice, "Driver, let down the ramp, please."
1: <laughs> right, and th- that that kind of thing is exactly what is in the transit training workshop that I was describing earlier, where the where the people from Translink and Handy Dart come to the senior center. And they they say. You don't need to be in a wheelchair to ask the driver to bring the ramp down. You just right. ask in an authoritative voice, like you say, <laughs> to bring the ramp down and, and the driver will do it on request.
0: Yes, yeah, nice. I say it nicely, but authoritative, and they've, they've let it down, you know, since then. And if I'm standing and in the front, sometimes people can be kind of huffy, not only with me, I'll see they'll be impatient with, with uh, people who've got their... Scooters, or people with a wheelchair, or somebody that's got, you know, a stroller with kids, impatient about the time it takes for the ramp to come down and the person to go up. So, the thing is encouraging people to have grace and gratitude in their heart that they don't have to be in such a device and just give the person the space to get on the vehicle.
1: Well, yes, that that uh, that conversation I think has moved along quite some time, some some distance. I mean, we 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 accept that public transit is for all people and every bus has a ramp so that all people can use the bus. And uh, I think younger people, they, they understand this because they, they, they've been taught since they were very small, that that's, that's how the system works. I was explaining to my son when he was young that uh, when I was growing up, buses had steps in front. If you're in a wheelchair, you couldn't use the bus and you couldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's many people, Many people didn't go places because they had no alternatives. So things are getting better, uh, but we still have a long way to go to make the system inclusive uh, and accommodating for people of all ages. and
0: Can you tell me
1: about the 211 number? Ah, that's a good uh, service. Yes, BC211 is uh, information and referral. Uh, it's funded by the United Way, and seniors can call that number and get information. About a wide range of topics, uh, but tra- transportation is one of them and what what people find out when they call b c two one one is is about the the United way better at home program mm-hmm. which which provides uh, services for folks uh, in order to keep them living at home, like light housekeeping and and uh, and some transportation as well so um, it it was originally designed as a volunteer program uh, where where folks would be taking older adults to social occasions and, and, and appointments they have. But now it's being used more for medical transportation where people say, I have an appointment, I have no way of getting there. And the better at home uh, people will, will arrange volunteers to provide that transportation.
0: So do they have to be already registered with better at home?
1: No, the way that usually works is um, so let, let's say you're calling BC 211 for the first time uh, and you had a transportation problem. They would ask you where you live, what is your address, and then they would make a referral to the Better at Home agency that is in your area. So, for example, if you're at uh, uh, Main and Terminal, like the 411 Senior Centre is, they would most likely put you in touch with the Better at Home program that's at the West End Seniors Network on Barclay Street. Mm-hmm. And there, the coordinator would say, all right, let's see if we can get a volunteer driver to pick you up and take you to to St. Paul's or VGH or wherever you need to go.
0: And so is that person taking them in a private vehicle?
1: Uh, In the past, that's been the way it has worked, is a a volunteer with their privately owned car would be providing transportation to older adults. Now, this has changed because of COVID. Uh, Number one, volunteers are less uh, willing to provide the service because they don't want to get sick and they don't want to get anybody else sick. Um, and there's also this uh, requirement now to have a, a, a plastic partition that separates mm. the driver's cabin from the passenger cabin. Uh, and some Better at Home programs have outfitted some cars with this. But, so, so it does continue to work, but it's, uh, it's a little different than it was last
0: Are week. there any initiatives that you are doing that people could get involved with? Well,
1: volunteer drivers, uh, we are looking for people that want to help as volunteers or helping arrange transportation for isolated seniors who have uh, limited options, so that's that's an initiative that we have to try and uh, address the problem. And for seniors, it's it's getting them connected to the resources that exist. Um, Bc two one one is a great way to find out about these resources, and these training programs, transit training programs that we offer, are also good ways to find out about the resources.
0: As you mentioned, Bc two one one with my phone, do I do you type in how do you dial it do you dial 211 or do you put in a bc
1: you just dial 211 it's like uh, it's like 911 i see um, or or uh, or 411 for directory assistance the 211 will will send you to a call center where people can answer questions about a, a wide variety of topics
0: now if people wanted to get in touch with best to volunteer what would they do? well uh, our website
1: is best Dot bc dot c-a. that's a good way to get in contact with us or if you prefer to use the telephone it's 604-68604-669-2840
0: and what do you have an orientation develop for volunteers or you just people would call and say they want
1: people call and say they want to volunteer and we would get them connected with a neighborhood house program like if you're if you're living in East Vancouver, uh, the Collingwood Neighborhood House is got a, a, a strong volunteer driving program there, or the West End Seniors Network, as I mentioned, or the Mount Pleasant Neighborhood House. Um, we have relationships with senior serving agencies across the Metro Vancouver region.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, for people who may not know, as you mentioned, neighborhood. What's the difference in a neighborhood house and a senior center?
1: Well. Um, I think neighborhood houses have programming that is not only for seniors. They they have um, programming for young young families and and young people. And the senior centers tend to focus on the older adults. But many much of the programming at neighborhood houses is is uh, is focused for seniors, and they do have similar similar programs.
0: I'm thinking of how lonely it is. How many people have said. They really would like to take a ferry somewhere, including me i I used to if it was a cloudy day or if I was really wanting to go somewhere, I would go and take the sea bus because it felt like you know I, I went out of town or went somewhere special but uh when I was mentioning going on a someone said, "Well, are you sure that it's safe for seniors to go on the sea bus? What's your thoughts of are they Using safe distancing on the sea bus. Well,
1: TransLink has said that masks are mandatory on public transit now, so buses, trains, and and sea bus. Um, and the the provincial health officer has said that masks are are to be used when one cannot maintain the two meter social distancing. Uh, so, my experience, I haven't been riding public transit a great deal these days, but I but I have been a few times. Um, People are wearing masks. There's a high level of compliance with the with the requirements. That's good. Um, and there aren't that many people on it. So, for example, like the, the SkyTrain that comes in from the suburbs, you know, six months ago, this train would be packed with people, just packed. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that anymore. And people are not riding it as often. So there is more space. Um, and that that's helpful. So You know, it's tough to be prescriptive about what one should or should not do. It's uh, some people will not be comfortable riding transit at all, Uh, and some people will say, "You know, I'll wear a mask, I'll wash my hands, I'll I'll keep my distance from folks, and I'm going to go out and see what the what the light looks like off the water on a September day." I mean, (laughs) part of me thinks uh, we have to live. We still have to live, you know.
0: Yes, I've been sitting at the dock of the bay, wishing that I could go out on a ferry or out on the sea bus. So we're just going to hear a little bit of that song from Otis Redding, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay.
2: Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting in the evening comes Watching the ships rolling, in Then I'll watch them roll away the dark of the bay, watching the tide roll away. Mm. I'm sitting on the dark of the bay, wasting time. I
0: left my home in Georgia, and I headed. As more people practice safe distancing, wear their masks, gloves, and maybe your sunglasses, it will be possible for more people to go out and enjoy the water enjoy taking that short trip across the sea bus from to Vancouver to North Vancouver, or a little further on the ferry to the other island cities surrounding us. So, Well, that sounds like a good
1: plan, Charlotte. I mean, it's it's a quiet time because people are... Uh, perhaps out of town, uh, given the long weekend, they might be on a trip uh, to other parts of the province. The people are not working because it is a holiday and, that, and the sea bus does come downtown. I think downtown will be very quiet on a on a holiday weekend and, and the trip to the North Shore will probably not be a busy boat.
0: Yeah. And they've talked about, you know, there are health benefits of the fresh air, being out, moving around, lifting your spirits, getting some sunshine into your skin, <laughs> that those are... I mean, if you ha- with a higher risk, people that have asthma, COPD, or those things I could see where there would really be a, a stricter need for them to just stay sheltered inside. But uh, I'm going to venture out, and hopefully they'll bring back the ability to use the free Thursday ferries.
1: Free, free ferries on Thursday, yeah. Is that not happening now? I think it is happening now. Oh.
0: Okay, no, I thought you said that they that they had suspended it. Oh, well, I think
1: it, I think free ferries on Thursday is happening now. My father's seventy-eight and he, he likes to travel on Thursdays for that reason.
0: Well and thank you for sharing all of this information, you know, with me and with our listeners because it is every kind of way that you can encourage people to have the conversation, to not wait until that point where a person's already upset that they feel their body being debilitated, that someone takes this last little symbol of their purity, of their status by taking their keys and as you said, trying it out, (laughs) not waiting until you can't use it, uh, as you need to be on a car, a personal individual car, less and less, get used to being uh, less and less, and you'll have maybe money to take more holidays where you could get on, just enjoy uh, enjoy your life better.
1: That's a very good summary, Charlotte, of the things that we've talked about this last hour. And, uh, yeah, thank you for inviting me to, to uh, join you on this podcast. It's been fun to have this conversation with you, and I hope uh, it's, a, it's been entertaining and valuable for your listeners as well.
0: Yeah, so it was very valuable to me, and I look forward to when you'll be able to have those tea and cookies parties <laughs> talking about transportation. And uh, we might call on you again, and hopefully anyone who has questions or if you have time to volunteer will call up best. And give them uh, well, some the, of your time. When the doors
1: open at three 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 terminal, we'll we'll uh, let's arrange to have a, a meeting there, and we can we can talk to your community about getting around without a without a car.
0: Definitely. All right.
1: Okay, Very good. Thank, thank you, you, Charlotte. You Bye-bye. have
0: been listening to CJSF Radio Speak Up Show, Charlotte Farrell, your own sister C. And whenever anyone asks me what time it is, I say it's always love time, poem time, love time. Poem time, love time,
3: poem time, love time, poem time, time for words from heaven to shine. Love time, poem time, time for words to pattern and rhyme. Love time, poem time, time for words to wash the wound. Bind the lashes and play bassoon Love time, poem time Time for poems, poets and singers Time to untie all life's ringers Poem time, love time Time for you to reveal to me Unravel all your mystery Time for joy and utter grace, rest from toiling in this place, place of poems, place of words, place for love instead of swords, love time, poem time, poem time, love time, love time, time. poem time, times for words from heaven to shine. Love time, poem time, time for words to pattern and rhyme. Love time, poem time, times for words to wash the